You're listening to Whose Voices, a podcast from Whose Knowledge. So, Amira, would you mind just introducing yourself, what your affiliations are, and what brought you to decolonizing the internet? Right. Uh, my name is Amira Dalla, and I lead global participation at Mozilla Foundation. Um, I've spent the better part of 10 years working with communities and people around the world understanding uh, what does equity, fairness, safety, equality, and openness look like for them uh, on the internet and through digital programs and platforms. Um, So through that lens, I came to decolonizing the internet uh, to bring and represent the stories of the communities and the networks that I work in, um, but also say how do we connect and collaborate across each other and the communities that we work with um, and connect spaces uh, and places, but also bring the work uh, to places like Cape Town, uh, to this event and to Wikimania and others. So what were you thinking this event would be like when you came? Right. When I came to decolonizing the internet, I thought I was going to sit in a room with a bunch of uh, rebel rousers who are willing to question um, and challenge many of the things that we have and know in place right now and today, um, and are people who are willing to stand up for the equality, uh, fairness, and justice of others around the world, whether it's in their communities or in other people's communities um, or in places we are in together, uh, and be able to unpack what those things have meant, what they mean now, and what we want them to mean and who they mean that for. And did you feel like you got that out of the last two days or what what were the, what was it actually like for you? Yeah, I I actually find that there's so much solidarity with the people that are here um, and curiosity. So what I really was excited for is, is there's all these warriors in the room who are working on issues that are important, who are doing the work that matters, um, who are not just looking for ways to empower uh, themselves and their work, but are also looking for ways in which they can learn from others and take what people are doing uh, in other parts of the world and communities back to their community and I think that level of curiosity is just so strong and important and it's people who are willing to have fun uh, and be engaging and do it in ways that are collaborative and open and sort of walk the talk that is just super important and you know at the at the very least like being here is just a a big energy booster um, for myself personally and I think that individuals who are working on these issues need things like energy they need spaces to heal and share uh, to be able to continue to do this work and that sort of is the the energy that I'm leaving with after being here. What is it that is so energy draining in this work? Doing this work means that individuals who represent issues, people, locations, uh, carry a lot of weight. They carry weight of, of stories of people that have been misrepresented, of issues that have not been seen or heard, um, of marginalized communities who are struggling battles um, and are uh, dealing with a magnitude of issues. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of weight for the individuals like ourselves who are pushing this, this work forward to make sure that these people uh, that we care about are seen in a light that is, is global and amongst the, uh, the table, pretty much, um, dealing with this sort of work at a higher level. And so being in that place, we carry uh, the stories and the challenges and the weight of the work, and we are fighting for these people, ourselves included. Um, and so we are often drained because of the act of uh, simply just trying to be in these spaces um, and do all those things at once. Was there a moment in your own personal life or your professional life in which you realized the internet needed to be decolonized? 
Um, I am a woman of color who lives in a what is considered a Western country. Um, and, you know, part of my experience has been that I cannot show up in spaces or I cannot act a certain way in spaces without being uh, attacked or pushed out or at risk. And so part of me on a personal level just knows that, you know, people like me are not welcome online. Um, and that's harmful and hurtful uh, to myself and the others that are very much like me, which uh, are predominantly a large number of people in the world. Um, so that's that's one personal issue. And then also just, you know, being in a Western country and working on issues that are global with people around the world and really understanding the impact that the country or place that I am in has on the interest and how that is not representative of the people that I work with um, makes me feel frustrated and understanding that, you know, I come from a privilege and acknowledging that privilege, but also uh, then learning what is my role with that privilege to actually uh, come to the internet and say, you know, I think the communities and the spaces and countries I'm in have uh, colonized the internet and what is the work that I need to do to be able to open up space for others. I think one thing that's come up over the last two days is really the importance and the power of language and the language we use and how we interrogate it. And so I'm just wondering what you think about the using the concept of decolonizing. Is that is that a useful term to use in this space? Were there other ideas that came up in the discussions you were part of? I would say colonizing and decolonizing have quite negative implicate like connotations with them over the past year, many, many years actually. Um, and so words like that are very hard because they make people uncomfortable and they make them sensitive. Because uh, to say, you know, to someone who lives in a Western country, you have colonized the internet is not a good feeling. But, you know, the work of, of us where we carry the weight, where we do the hard stuff is actually just, you know, having these uncomfortable conversations where it's difficult for people to, to be in these situations and understand their privilege and then work at unpacking that. So as a whole, I am I'm supportive of making people uncomfortable because I think that can lead to powerful change and I think that that uh, inevitably happens in communities and in the work we're doing um, but I will say that I think those words have long-standing uh, negative connotations to them that make them hard uh, to use when doing such powerful work that is positive um, and, and having this brash uh, feeling that people get when they first hear it. Why the internet? Um, why, should we, why should we care about the internet and whether it's colonized or decolonized or anything. I mean, I'm a digital ethnographer and I still find it difficult sometimes when I go to academic conferences, you still get the assumption just at a base level that the internet isn't real. This is real life and the internet is this virtual space that is, is frivolous, it doesn't really matter. So um, wh why should we be having a conversation about the internet? Well, the internet is the world's largest living resource. Um, and so I, I can't even describe it more than that and the importance of what it means to people in terms of the knowledge they gain, the connections they build, the economic opportunity that it provides. Um, and it really creates this place where people can uh, excel at quicker rates, but also do things in more holistic and connected and open and collaborative ways, uh, which provides so many opportunities. So um, I do think it is the, the largest resource that is super valuable to everyone, but also is this place that, or is this thing um, that is uh, super at risk. And that's scary to think about this largest resource, which is going to only become bigger in dominance in relationship to our lives, but is also one of the scary things to think about that, how much it is the, how much it is at risk. 
Yeah. I will also say since it's the one of the newest resources as it relates to um, resources that you need depend on to live and you know the internet you do many people do depend on to live um, it is uh, less likely to have rules and governance around it because it is so new so we are unsure on how to treat it or what we do that protects human rights as a whole and that to me is super important when thinking about the internet and its importance it's just that you know compared to things like water and food and things that are critical and important um, there has been long-standing uh, governance around this, like including land and areas and countries uh, that have withstanded time and time, uh, whereas the internet has been this open playground where it has so much of opportunity, but also is this place that, because there hasn't been secure governance, uh, has the ability to be taken advantage of as well. Yeah. And policy, like the, the fact is, is there's not as much policy around these issues to govern how people act online. And that means that people can act in any which way. If you think of an example like sexual harassment online, you have people that are largely advocating for that to be considered a criminal offense. And you know what? The, what happens online is as important as what happens offline. And we uh, find it so easy and have many rules that govern offline harassment. Um, but we are very hesitant to implement the same rules or the same punishments for something that happens online, even though it happens at alarming rates that are equally as traumatizing to the people that they happen to. And dangerous. Not just traumatizing for the person, but actually dangerous for them. Yeah. Is there anything that I haven't asked you, you haven't gotten to say, that you'd like to say now that we're kind of wrapping up the weekend and you're going to take some of the ideas and conversations you heard here home? I think the, the people that have attended Decolonizing the Internet are a powerful cohort. And so I'm really excited to see how people within this cohort actually continue to connect and find ways for their work to c connect and collaborate and build upon each other. And so I'm really, for, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that grows and how that continues to be a cohort of people that um, the fabulous team at Whose Knowledge can actually leverage as the one singular power and solidarity with each other. And so I think it's really important to build out you know, next steps that feel tangible, that feel realistic, that feel like they're uh, inclusive to many perspectives and actually just put them out there for people to do now, but also continue doing in the future.